Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas. People, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village, the award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007 or find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. The very first All Truths of 4.0 luncheon was for students from Jesseville, Fountain Lake, Mountain Pine. Um, and we did a couple of things that just, you know, Made sense at the time, but in hindsight, it's like, what were we thinking? Um, for one thing, we uh, scheduled the event, didn't know what it was going to cost, got there. Uh, we uh, had not yet had a fundraiser, which is never a good plan. You should always raise the money before you spend it, whether it's your personal life or, you know, club life, anything. Uh, so anyway, when we got to the governor's mansion, the treasurer had to pay for the luncheon or I think it was only probably about 100 people, but out of her with their own credit card. They're like, well, it's a good thing she had a good rating or we would have been in real trouble. So uh, that that was our first year of lessons about the 4.0. So when we begin with Valerie Derryberry from Altrusa, who I, I can't wait to hear the rest of the story. These are great stories for a wonderful civic-minded organization. And the bottom line is, is that, so I heard something else as you were telling that story. Don't select a treasurer who doesn't have a good high credit limit on her credit card. Is that what I'm hearing? You know, there's probably several reasons you should do that. You should <laughs> probably check their uh, credit score before you elect them because you're going to give them a check. But, but at that point in time, Altrusa was a new service club in the village, and we didn't have much money anyway, so she absconded with it. It wasn't going to make a whole lot. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't exactly like we not going to change much. Wouldn't like we would have missed it that much is what I'm hearing, no, right? No, We've come well, a long way since then. Well, Valerie, tell us what Altrusa is. What What is it, and how did it come to the village, and what exactly do y'all do? Okay. Altruza is a service club that was founded in 1917. Um, and if you consider what was going on in the world in 1917, there was, was a real big war. It's going to end all wars, if you remember. Um, anyway, everybody was very service-minded. Everybody loved their country. What a concept. And altruism was very important, being of service to our country in one way or another. So Altruza came from a combination of altruism, USA and therefore the rise of altruism. Uh, it was founded by some professional businesswomen who knew there were that many professional businesswomen in 1917. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you remember back in those days, I know you don't personally remember. I don't think, I don't know. Let me look at you. Charlie remembers. Charlie remembers. Charlie you and remember. I weren't there, but Charlie, yeah, he's yeah. much older. That's her husband. Yeah, and I read about it in all the books. I mean, in all the books. But anyway, uh, but... Kiwanis helped these women figure out how to set up a service club. 
We couldn't join Kiwanis, but they helped us figure out what the service club was about and how to go about it. And the reason why we couldn't join Kiwanis at the time was? (laughs) Well, women weren't allowed to. Our place was at home taking care of the children for Pete's sake. Well, let me get started. 1917? 1917. Just began to have the right to vote? Is that close? Uh, it was getting, we were getting, we were working on it. Yeah, it's right in that ballpark. I mean, just to put things yeah. in perspective. But right. Altrus, I, I, let me ask this. Why have I never heard of this organization? Is it a smaller organization or what? Well, it is. It's, it is an international organization. There's, there are chapters in a lot of different countries as far away as New Zealand. Uh, so if you're over there and want to go to a meeting, well, I'm sure they'd love to have you. Yeah, uh, be originally, there. It, it originally was for women, although we accept men now, we just don't have any. Uh, I had never heard of it either, but when I was in the working world, I didn't really have a lot of time to care about service organizations. I mean, I was busy. My boss you know, seemed to think I should show up and work every day. Um, so, but I did, through the insurance industry, join an organization that had a service committee, and they asked me if I would be the chairman of it and like a moron you know when someone asks you you, sh- you just say yes sure let me let me take on that job and i found it very rewarding we worked it i was in the dallas fort worth area and we worked with a, a low-income um school district uh, school elementary school near downtown Dallas, and there are not a lot of really nice neighborhoods near downtown Dallas. so i found out a lot about the things that a service club could do if they were interested in helping. And I thought, when I retire, you know, and have all this time on my hands, which, you know, for about the first six months I did, yeah, here, I'm, you know, this is an empty plate. Um, so I thought I would like to do some volunteer work. I didn't have a clue what it was going to be. Fortunately, uh, the Alters of Club of Cossary Village started, was formed in 2003 by a lady, Joan uh, Scudover, who had been an altered for many years and really enjoyed the experience. And she set it up with a group of ladies, that mostly that she went to church with up at Holy Trinity Episcopal. And they had a gal doing uh, publicity who was regularly putting articles in The Voice. And I would read about them when we moved here. I also had time to read The Voice. Um, which is another interesting concept. But uh, I thought, now that they're doing some interesting things, although at that time, as I said earlier, we didn't have a lot of money. So they were mostly physical jobs, things that we could do, um, the, you know, the Hot Springs Music Festival, you know, we were seating people at and uh, going up to Good Sam's. We put exhibits in the their display windows up there for the people who live there at Good Sam's so and just some things that were not expensive. We did Village Pride for, it was called Village Pride before it became Keep Hot and Beautiful for many, many years because I hate litter and I still do. Um, and so I joined in 2004, late 2004. And, you know, got involved in things. And of course, what do they do with newbies? They ask them to take, you know, here, would you like this job? Here, how about you do this? Yeah, really. And, you know, this person, this newbie in town who's real happy to be here and helping, said, sure, I can do that. And they asked me to be service chair. And I spoke to the president and I said, if I'm going to be in a service club, I think we should have some projects that are our own. And she agreed. And fortunately, all the ladies in the club agreed that we would like to set up something. To <clears throat> Many years ago, I had ridden on an airplane on a business trip with a gentleman, normally I sit in the aisle, uh, I mean, pardon me, at the window, 
because I don't want a bunch of people talking to me. I mean, you know, I got on a plane. I've been working all day. I, you know, I, yeah, it's like, I don't care about your grandkids. Lady, leave me alone. But this particular time I was in a, an aisle seat and the man across me was from LA and somehow we got to talking and he was told me about a luncheon that his group, which is just a small group out in uh, California did for the 4.0 students. And he said, you know, if they're jocks, they get taken to dinners. They buy people, buy them jackets, people buy them wings, people, you know, bow and scrape before them. Once anyone learns a kid can carry a football or throw a baseball or whatever, you know, shoot a free throw, they're treated like the sun rises and sets on them. But these smart kids who are going to turn out to be our doctors, you know, things like that, no one paid much attention to them. So we decided, he, he had decided that we should do something for these kids. And I thought, that is a cool project. At the time, I was still working, didn't have time for anything. But I stored that idea somewhere in the all you know, the halls of my brain. And when I said, this would be a fun idea because we live in an area that doesn't, I mean, we've got a bunch of small, independent, rural school districts and nobody does anything for them. I mean, you know, in Little Rock, there are people doing things in Bryant and in other areas. But these, a lot of these poor kids are yeah, poor kids and without the resources. So we decided we would invite them to a luncheon. And at the time, it's like, okay, where can we take these kids? It's special because, you know, having a nice sit-down dinner at the Embassy Suites is not something that's life-altering. And started looking around Little Rock. Fortunately, we're close enough. And at that time, the uh, governor's mansion had just opened up the Grand Ballroom. Yeah, I know. It was grand second new. We were among the very first groups to go in there. <clears throat> we were looking for a place with a luncheon where they could it would be special for them. And we booked that and lo and, and like I said, unfortunately we hadn't figured out how we we're gonna pay for it yet. But it was <laughs> you know, it was really a great venue. Uh and we invited the students go <laughs> Your heart was in the right place. <laughs> There's a road, a famous road paved with good intentions, and I think I am the paving contractor of said road. Uh, it, was, it was a great plan. There's a, you know, a few things lacking in the follow through, but the plan was great and very heartfelt. Anyway, uh, at that time, I was working mostly with the counselor at Jesseville, mm -hmm. saying, "This is kind of my vision, but I don't have a clue how to make it work. How can we do this?" And we decided at that time that it. We should do students with a 4.0, um, and some kids would have higher than a 4.0. I've learned a lot since then. Some of these kids graduate out of high school with a 4.25. They're taking college classes and things that rank higher, you know, on the GPA scale. Uh, so we should do it a 4.0. And it's like, well, when are we going to have this? We have it in the spring. We've got to get the seniors there. But all the grades aren't in, in time, you know, and by the time we know if they're going to have a 4.0, they're had it and they're out of there you know they've already graduated so anyway, we decided we would go with the fall semester 4.0 students and if they had a 4.0 and we said it's got to be a 4.0 and then we included mountain pine and fountain lake and thus the you know the humble beginnings of the 4.0 luncheon first year i didn't have i mean you know really i just didn't know what we were going to do so it's like okay you need to have somebody you know to kind of speak to these kids and i it happened to be an election year so like a moron i invited some politicians well that, don't ever do that don't ever and the kids it's like all of a sudden this can become a punishment instead of a reward but yeah 
really the best nap I ever had, you know. But we were really lucky when we got there. Janet Huckabee was the first lady, and the ballroom was her idea. And I mean, she they were the ones who lived in a triple wide while the governor's mansion was being totally renovated and while that beautiful ballroom was being built. And before the event, she came out and spoke with the Altrusans and was telling us about the room. And, you know, every now and then a light comes on and I said, would you mind speaking to these kids and telling us about the room? And she said, I would love to do that. Because it was when something is your baby, you're proud of it. You want to talk about it. What she did. And she came in and very interesting. She knows where every piece of wood in that room came from. There are diamonds in that room, but they won't tell you where they are. Uh, I mean, we know where they came from, but we don't know where they are. And of course, a lot of crystal from our very own area right around here. And she talked about the pattern on the china. She talked about you know, all kinds of things. So it became very interesting, you know, from that standpoint. The politicians were still pretty boring. Well, but, but, but Janet, Janet's a great speaker, too. Yeah, she really she is. Was, She's very interesting. Gracious. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's how the first one came about. The second year, I said, no more politicians. We'll never do that again. And we've stuck with that rule, you know, from the get-go. Um, we have had some interesting speakers. Craig O'Neill very graciously came. He's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I loved him. And he was well, well, let, let me interrupt just for a sec. Craig O'Neill has been a, a radio personality for nearly 40 years here in, in Little Rock. Uh, and his name, real name is John Quagmire or something like this. Really nice guy. But he was yeah. at B98.5 for a very long time. Had some really uh, a, a hysterical little phone calls he would do. And then he was a great disc jockey. And then he got hired by Channel 11. And he's been a newsman for the last 15 years or whatever. And he was supposed to retire a couple of years ago and they kept him on and COVID and his wife is a great, uh, uh, um, artist, artist who does Jane Hanks, Hawkins, Hankins, who does wonderful work. All that said, just for the visitors and listeners who aren't in this market, Craig O'Neill is a pretty big name. And by the way, I, can I tell my story real quick about Mike sure. Huckabee? Uh, show. You tell I was actually on stage with Mike Huckabee one time and, and he was telling us that, uh, he said when he was young, that, uh, he pulled up to a stoplight in Texarkana and him and Janet were sitting in the front seat and, and this lady pulled up behind him and she was, you kids shut up. just And the kids were just horrible. And he said, he smugly turned to Janet and he said, our killed ch- children will never behave that way. And he said, I was right. <laughs> Ours were much worse. <laughs> <laughs> they always are. <laughs> but truly delightful and wonderful people to be with. Just forget the fact they're politicians. They're still wonderful to be with and interesting right. people. But anyway, so let me ask just a question here. So the first year you had it, Janet Huckabee, we were at the, the governor's um, hall, which is a gorgeous place. Absolutely beautiful. Right. Tons of history there. But give me a profile. What are these kids like? And, and are they just wide eyed when they walk into the governor's hall? Or I mean, what? It's amazing. Um, it's amazing. Uh, teenagers concept of dressed up for one thing. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Is this your Sunday go to meet and flip flops or is this your weekday flip flops? Is that right? Uh, something, something like that. We've had them show up. If you watch little Sheldon, you know, the plaid shirts and the plaid ties. We've had them show up in plaid shirt boys. Boys are boys are boys. Uh, you know, we had one year, a boy came in a tuxedo. Now he was really? looking mighty fine. Let me tell you, uh, different things, jeans and suit, you know, blazer, just all kinds of stuff. Um, but as a general rule, they're not as dressed up. The girls come, I mean, it's not exactly prom night, but 
boy, they some of them are looking mighty fine. They're decked and, out. Yeah, and they enjoy it. And as you know, you've been there. You come in through the front doors, and and I'll tell you about the first ladies in a minute. But and then you come to that grand staircase going into the ballroom, mm-hmm. and it is just—I mean—it's impressive. No matter how many places you've been, yeah. and these kids are pretty wide-eyed. Uh, we pay for the students, but we do not pay for the students who qualified and had the four point uh, we do not pay for their parents, but we invite the parents. And of course, the parents are even more wide-eyed. Most of I've never been in a governor's mansion until I went there. Really? So the next year is what are we going to do? And I've learned a little more about how it all works. And I've found out that you can request, you know, that the the first lady or the governor attend. And the next year, the the governors happen to be uh, Mr. Beebe. Governor Beebe. Yeah, yeah, sure. And Mrs. Beebe very graciously came every year, all, all eight years they were there. Yeah. And she would greet the students at the front door and shake their hand and the parents' hand and welcome to the governor's mansion, which, I mean, you know, is again pretty darn impressive. And you know what? It costs zero. That's what's really good. Now, the governor's mansion costs a lot of money. No, I got that. These appearances and things like that. This is part of their job. When they're elected, that's what they do. And she was there every year. Then when the Hutchisons came in, she was a school teacher. And she is Mrs. Hutchison. And she is very much into education. So you know, when we started showing up, she came out and we talked to her and told her what the program was. And she said, do you mind if I come down and join you for the luncheon? this like, well, it's your house. Knock yourself <laughs> out, lady. So, and she didn't came down. And we told her, uh, you know, that students have to have a 4.0. Uh, it can't be a 4. Point, I mean, a 3.95. It's got to be a 4.0. We've had that discussion with several parents. I bet. Interesting discussions, yeah. Uh, but anyway, we told her what it was. And she said, we give the students who had a 4.0 a certificate. Um, and at that point, we had already begun the scholarships. Oh. They had a 4.0 all four years. We give them a $500 scholarship. And she said, may I help you distribute this, the certificates? <laughs> what are you going to say? You've got the first lady of the state wanting to meet each you know, each student as they come through. So we would call off the name. The student would come, come up with their certificate. The parents would take a two or three, 12 pictures of their child with the first lady. And I'm standing there going, okay, okay. I said, you know, probably about 10 years from now, you're going to say, I don't know who that lady behind the podium is, but down here, that's the first lady of the state. I'm just kind of terrified. That crazy woman from the village invited us. I don't remember her yeah, name, but the governor's wife gave yeah, us she the was diploma. And, and she made it a point over all those uh, eight years that the Hutchison's were in. Uh, she would stay for the entire thing for the luncheon, help distribute the certificates, make sure the students had their picture taken with her. I mean, you know, very, very gracious. And we always invited the governor, and actually, Governor Hutchison started showing up because education has been a very important issue for them. Oh, yeah. And even if he didn't like it, I don't think he would want to tell Mrs. Hutchison I don't care about education. <laughs> so he showed up many years. Now, when it was time to you know run for re-election, he was working the room. Let me tell you, he had all these kids and their parents there, uh, but he was always there, and most years would address the kids uh, and you know tell them. Congratulations. Just important. I mean, it's important here. You've done a good job and I'm proud of it. It is. It's fantastic. And these kids will never forget this. I promise you. Let me interject something for our out of state, out of country listeners. Um, There was a man that I knew that was governor and he was lieutenant governor. I'm sorry. He was lieutenant governor and his name was Jim Guy Tucker. 
And Jim Guy Tucker uh, owned a cable company or worked for a cable company. was one of the principals of a cable company. And he went from lieutenant governor to governor when this guy named um, Clinton. What was this? Yeah, Bill. Bill Clinton. When Bill Clinton got elected, Jim Guy Tucker moved to from lieutenant governor to governor. Highlight of his day. Never elected as governor, but elected. So we had a special election. And that special election was to fulfill the term of the lieutenant governor who does nothing, basically. I mean, they have an office smaller than a cubicle, you know. So we had a special election to fill that. Well, then Jim Guy Tucker, I think it was political, but Jim Guy Tucker was actually charged with um, a, a loan fraud, which they paid all the money back. They didn't use it exactly for what they said they were, but it still went to the company. It was splitting, split, crossing T's and I's, if you get me. I thought it was really petty. But the bottom line is he did go to prison. And right. so the lieutenant governor, who had been a no man, who was a never, never, went on and became our governor for eight years. I guarantee you, if Mr. Hutchinson goes on to any other higher positions, every one of those kids in your 4.0 meeting will go. I knew Senator Hutchinson. I knew President Hutchinson, which I think is where he's trying to go back when he gave me this award or he handed me this this scholarship in 19 or, you know, 2012 or 15 or whatever. Those are huge events to kids. And, And my point of that story is you never, ever, 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 ever know who's going to go where and who's going to do what. So to these kids, and, and I don't mean this wrong, but they don't go to the Capitol very often is my theory, right? No, that's correct. Not yeah. very many of them. They, they hadn't been to the, to the, to the uh, rotunda very often. Yeah. Yeah, really. And uh, I, I do some other stuff for the PEO group that I'm in and it involves scholarships. I've really gotten into scholarships. I really think it's valuable. And these kids are listing it on all of our scholarship applications. The governor's mansion 4.0 luncheon. Really? Which is well, I, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm the vice president of the uh, computer club. And for the last five years, uh, I've been the guy that presents the scholarships. Yeah. It'll bring a tear to your eye. Really am, am I wrong? No, you're exactly right. You know, <laughs> some of them you read and you think, boy, I'd love to hit that lottery. Of course, I don't buy a ticket normally, but, uh, you know, I'd send these kids to college because they, some of their backgrounds, Dennis, just break your heart. Oh, it and, not only breaks your heart, but I'm, I'm sitting at Jesseville, and at Jesseville, they're handing out scholarships that total a quarter of a million dollars, that yeah. total $80,000, $100,000. And you're like, is this real? And right. you realize these children are stunning. And yeah. and, and you, you, I don't get to see, unfortunately, I don't see their background, but they're excelling. And they're in yeah. a very, very, very small place. Absolutely. I'll tell you a couple more stories. Um, Maxwell Blade has been very gracious about coming out and entertaining this and actually has given matching scholarships more than once. He really is very gracious. Uh, And I always tell anyone who's coming, uh, we'd love to have you come to our luncheon. We'll give you a free rubber chicken lunch. All you got to do is get yourself there and get yourself home, bring anything you need, and don't even, you know, think about compensation from us because all of our money is going to the kids and they always agreed to it. So this past year, Jesseville had five students who were foreign exchange students and they were, you know, and of course these are smart kids too. So, you know, they're at the governor's mansion. It was one really nice looking kid from Italy. Uh, 
you know, you, if you know what Maxwell Blade looks like, it looks like his hair was combed with a wearing blender. Yeah, I mean, really. Or he had the biggest shock of his life. So, you know, his hair, the weirder it looks, the better he is. So this young man from uh, Italy, uh, tall, slender, nice-looking kid, perfect hair. I mean, a lot like yours, then. It's just perfect, you know? Yeah. So so anyway, uh, Maxwell calls for volunteers and, you know, calls somebody up to the stage to help him with the program. And he picks this kid because he had met them earlier. He's, a, you know, working the room, too. And he brings the young kid man up to the stage and takes out a can of hairspray and just starts spraying the kid's hair. And, and pretty soon he looked about as bad as Maxwell Blade did. <laughs> How can you make a beautiful young man ugly as Maxwell Blake? But he was able to. And, and so he's doing all these tricks and the kids kind of standing there. And um, one of them, uh, you know, they always make things disappear and then they show up later. So he had tucked the scarf into this young man at the top of his shirt. And later came back to it. And when he pulled it out, it was a pink bra type. <laughs> I thought, now you know these pictures went home to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, Dad, look what I'm doing in the States. Oh, really? <clears throat> My education has been enhanced unbelievably. So I knew we shouldn't have sent him to Arkansas. I told yeah. you, go to Texas, yeah. don't go to Arkansas, anywhere but yeah. So it's been a mixed bag year after year. But I want to I want to mention something else that our alternative club does. We have several projects, numerous ones. Uh, but the second oldest one is what we call our comfort kit. Is, is your what? I'm sorry, you broke up. Comfort kit. When uh, a uh, rape victim is taken to the hospital, the police take everything they have on. And if you look down, it's like, whoa, there's a lot of variety here of what's taken. And the ERs would send these, uh, of course, generally young women home in whatever they had. Scrubs, they'd bring some used clothes up to keep in the ER for them, whatever they had. I mean, let's add some insult to injury here. It's hadn't been bad enough for these people, so let's make their day really bad. And so we put together these kits. We put them in a canvas bag, and it includes sweatpants, a T-shirt. Panties, we can't mess with bras, pink or otherwise, this is too much trouble. Um, uh, some little socks with rippers, because they take the shoes, too. They take everything. Um, and, you know, so we're going to leave the hospital in, you know, barefoot. Uh, throw, because it is always cold in an ER, and they have been traumatized already. And some toiletries. They, the ER staff says these victims will get in the shower and stand there for an hour trying to wash the dirt off. That toothbrush, you know, shampoos, conditioners, things like that. We put rape resource information in the kit for them and a handwritten note to everyone that the alterations write that says something bad happened to you today, but don't let it define you. You did not do anything wrong. You were, you know, somebody else did something wrong to you. And we, you know, of course, it's a very brief note, but basically don't let this define who you are in your life. Wow. Last year, if you remember, there was a young lady that was raped, uh, that was, pardon me, kidnapped in Hot Springs. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I do. 16-year-old girl. Mm. She had been to the governor's mansion the day before. Are you serious? I'm serious. Now, we don't know for sure that she got one of the comfort kits, but we think she may have. So, I mean, that's the closest we come to having... No, you don't brag about that. Whoopee, we got to give out another comfort kit today. That's not good. And we give out about 65 of them a year. Really? To, 
Yeah, to we do uh, St. Vincent's, we do National Park, and we do Saline Memorial, since the village is split between Saline County and Garland right, right, uh, right. County. I, I think I think one of the things I need to interject here, and, and excuse me just for a sec, one of the things I need to interject is that a lot of people, as we get older, have more resources. You think, well, you know, maybe I do need to give back more to the community. Maybe I need to contribute. And and pardon the term, the cheap way is to write a check. The hard that's, way. That's not bad, though. We like it's, it's not. We like checks. We like <laughs> checks. But but the hard way is to look and see. So let's be frank about it, extremely painful events and try and rectify that. You, you, you have to be, in my opinion, to, to be good with your charitable dollars, you have to really have a lot of foresight and a lot of thought and say, okay, I'm not just going to throw dollars out here. You know, uh, you and I are old enough to remember Hands Across America. Do you remember Hands Across America? Yeah. Do you realize that 51% of every dollar that people raised went to advertising. 51%. Let me flip that on for you. I'm sure you know of Heifer Project International in Little Rock. Heifer Project, a wonderful organization centered, or their, their farms just out here in Perryville. But uh, they basically gather up livestock and, and find ways to send that livestock or buy that livestock at, at another location and help people with animal husbandry so that they can grow wealth and gain wealth in their life as opposed to just eating today. As a rule, somewhere between 91 and 94% of their every dollar they use goes into the field. They use between 8 and 10% of their services on administration. If you think about Gee, I want to. I'm going to give this check away to make me feel good. Wouldn't you want to make it go where it would go the best place? And I'm assuming that the overhead at Altusa is not that high either. Am I guessing? Actually, hundred uh, percent goes to whatever a service project. Really, are. really. Actually, we're a very small club. We're only about thirty women uh, in our club. Mm -hmm. But my husband described us as a bunch of type A women trying to get stuff done. I said. I like that. You can you can say that about me anytime you want to. Charlie's right. eloquent that way. He is. He's got a way with words that makes me just want to kill him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it has been close on several occasions. But yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, 100% of our fundraising goes to our foundation. We have a 501c3, mm -hmm. so it's tax deductible. And some people really are generous, so we appreciate that. Let you me ask you, and, and this is an impromptu thing. Let me ask you your website www.altrusahsv.com. A L T. A L T R U S A. HSV.com. And I, A L T R U S A HSV.com. Right. No, no, .org. I was about to say .org. That's why I was about to ask. I'd like to pull the page up. We, we talk many times. We tell people, you know, how can you get in touch with with these fine folks and i'm not finding that either so hang on let me i apologize here warn me about technical questions and it's not my purview <laughs> i'll to a l t u s a h s v r u s a a l t r u s a okay here we go the district eight would that be you people that's where we are we're part of district eight and and we let me pull up this real quick i wanted our our uh watchers and listeners to be able to see this real quick uh, because we keep telling people, you know, well, where can you, where can you go if you want to be a part of this group? And this is the right page, I hope, right? 
That's correct. There we are. And, and here's all the fine folks that are associated with this and, and a, a very giving and loving spirit, I think, is the understatement. Is that fair? Well, that's what, that's what we have in mind, and I think we're taking that way. Um, well, a particular picture was taken at one of the uh, game days, and uh-huh. great boy, this is a great segue, Dennis. Thank you. Uh, that's one of our biggest fundraisers is game day. And it's Game a, day. What is that? Um, we invite ladies, well, who, whoever wants to can come. It's a pretty cheap lunch for $15. Uh, we have a soup lunch, soup, salads, croissants, um, and desserts. Uh-huh. And we'll have a silent auction. And again, very gracious business owners around here give us some nice things for silent auctions. We get some of our husbands to help us. You see them lined up back there on the back row. I do. Help us serving. So, I mean, there are men and women involved in this. And then um, you can play whatever game you might want to have. We hold it at Price of the Hills, and they frown on strip poker. But you could probably. You, could probably, you didn't say they prohibited. You said they frown on it. It's what I heard. Well, you know, the Baptists would probably prohibit it totally. <laughs> Actually, the, I, I got to tell you, Kathy Brackey, love this lady. Kathy, Sig, Stephen, uh, Sheila. All the staff there at Christ of the Hills is they are exceptional people, exceptional they people. They, they reached are. out to me when we were trying to um, all get through the COVID and, and they were like, we want to be able to. So any of those shows that you saw, any of their services you saw online, I helped produce and get those out and still working with them today. Wonderful, wonderful civic minded group. And, and once again, lending their beautiful, wonderful facility to this type of project. It is absolutely a beautiful facility. And so, you know, we we have the luncheon. We have a really good, nice fall soup. It's nice and warming. And mm. then play games for two or three hours and get on silent auction and things and raise money to take these kids to the governor's mansion. So so but, tell me this. What, what day, what time of the year does this usually happen? It's going to be November 8th. The doors will open at 1130. We will eat no later than noon. Uh, so they, because a lot of these people who come want to play their games. That's what's most important to them. Um, the cost is $15. They can contact me to get a ticket. They can go to our website that you're looking at here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I see that we have Miss Diane Belansky down here. Absolutely. That we could, you could actually send a message to her if you wanted to talk to her. Uh, I tell you what, I, I, I'm going to, uh, I will try and arrange this to make sure we have this show out before November the 8th. We're, we're kind of a ways out right now, but what a wonderful source. Um, I will be back by then. Seriously, email me. I'd love to come to this event. I really would. Okay. We'd love to have you say a few words. But Dennis, we also have, we've provided dictionaries to third graders at several of our local schools for a long, long time. And would you believe we've had kids, third graders, now these are going to be nine and, nine and 10 year old students who said, I've never had my own book before. The first really? thing we do, the first thing we do is tell them, write your name and your <clears throat> they say, I can write in this book. And, yeah. Nah, it's yours. Yeah, it's yours. You keep it forever. Uh, and they're really good for crossword puzzles for adults too, by the way, I've used mine many times. Um, we give two $1,000 scholarships to non-traditional nursing students at National Park. Um, and we were thinking we needed to do something focusing in a little bit different vein. Uh, most of us, you see a lot of gray hair in that picture. So we decided the medical field was really something we should support. Uh, and we've done that. And we interview uh, the candidates to find someone that we think the personal support will mean something to them. The money's really nice, but have someone say, 
you're the one that we chose for this scholarship it means a lot. It does. It does. And and I want to, oh, why can I not think of his name? Uh, who's the DJ from Mountain Pine, Arkansas? Oh, you know, that, uh, Bones, Bobby Bones. Bobby Bones. L- let me, for, for once again, I, 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 we do a hyper local podcast, but when Randy and I put this together, we, we thought we'll just be talking to the 10 or 15,000 people here in the village. We were so mistaken. Let me give some perspective here real quick. Bobby Bones is from the just north of here is the Jesseville School District. Really nice place. Quite well funded, I think. Pretty well. Down below us is the Fountain Lake School District, which obviously covers the east end or the central end of the village. And just west of here is Mountain Pine, which doesn't get any proceeds from from the village. Uh, It doesn't get any tax dollars from the village. It gets no benefit to be particular about it. And the vast majority of the land around it is national forest land. Well, it's beautiful, right? I got news for you. They don't get any funding because the national forest doesn't pay any, any taxes on that property. So as close as these three schools are logistically, Mountain Pine, where Bobby Bones graduated from, uh, is probably one of the poorest, if I'm not exaggerating by any stretch. Okay, And and to be very frank about it, excuse me, it was a forestry town until 15 years ago when they tore tore down the, the mill at one point. And Bobby Bones graduated from there. If you know anything about Bobby Bones, he, he started in Little Rock and started uh, or started in Hot Springs and became from Hot Springs. He moved from Hot Springs to Little Rock, from Little Rock to Nashville. Uh, he was on Dancing with the Stars, one Dancing with the Stars, and he stinks at dancing and just a wonderful, irrepressible personality. And they asked him on Dancing with the Stars, what was one of your proudest moments? And he said, he said, graduating from high school. Now, the rest of the nation takes this so for granted. He was the first person in his family in two generations that had graduated from high school. And And I'm not going to get into his personal story, but his personal story is amazing. I mean, it's just amazing. I'm not even touching the top of the iceberg. Yeah. Anyway. He's uh, an amazing person. I've but, been trying to get in touch with him and to say, wouldn't you like to come and get yourself to, to Little Rock and pay your way to get here and all and address these kids? But he is it's hard to reach the young man these days. Oh, oh, he he's the number one DJ in America and has been for the last six or seven years. Yeah. Remarkable, remarkable gentleman. And and dress these kids because so many of these kids just don't realize there's life after high school. I mean, they do. But it's one thing to know it in your head and another thing to really know it in your heart. And some of them just can't see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Even if you don't play basketball or football Mm -hmm. or baseball. And what gets you there? That education that Bobby Bones is talking about. That you can end up at the governor's mansion. Absolutely. And you're just, the odds of you going anywhere in the world without that high school diploma or at least a GED are just amazing and that's what we wanted to do was encourage these kids you and and we had a big discussion because this is getting really expensive about should we include the ninth graders mm. uh, because you know that's one way to cut down on the number of attendees is don't invite them but we all agreed and counselors especially that if we get them in the ninth grade a lot of times they're used to studying they're used to making good grades but boy there's a lot of things they can get involved in in high school 
I think ninth and 10th is a very pivotal time. You're defining yourself. Am I going to be a jock? Am I going to be a nerd? Am I going to be, am I going to be in no club, which was the dentist philosophy? Yeah. Yeah. So if we can get them to the governor's mansion and see there is, there are some rewards and they're going to get better. The, the further you go with this education thing and the more you achieve in education, you're smart. You can't care football, but you're smart. And it's a real incentive to these kids. They come into high school. If they had an older uh, sibling who went to the government, they come in and say, I want to go to the government. Wow. Really? I'm, I have a goal now. I have yeah. a goal. Yeah. Another oh. story about Mountain Pine, because it really just is. If, you know, if many were no object, mine would all go to Mount Pine. Um, and one year they changed counselors. It's hard for these rural school districts to keep personnel. Uh, they come in towards the end of their career or early in their career, whatever. Uh, so there was a changeover in the counseling system. And there was a man there for the first time. And when I contacted him, I generally get in touch with the schools uh, in October up to the counselors and tell them, uh, you know, we because we have to set a date. We have to find a date that's agreeable for schools and for the uh, governor's mansion. They all have to be available. So I start talking to him saying, we got to get on your school calendar and everything. And I told him what we were doing. He didn't have a clue. And he said, you're the one the kids have been asking me about. I said, what do you mean? He said, they've been asking me when the ladies are going to come and invite us to the governor's mansion. He said, I never heard of that in my life. I can't imagine it. It's, you know. So he he was amazed at what we did for them. He had no clue. He had nothing to base it on. This is just, you know, I wish other schools would pick it up. I wish, you know, maybe your program will help somebody else say, we can do that for our kids here too. Well, well I'll tell you what, and, and for today, we've got to wrap it up. I do want to come back because we've got more to talk about. I promise. I know we do. But I will say, if anybody wanted to contact you, they're happy to contact. Go through the Altusa. Altu- and let me go back there and share that page real quick. Um, but, but they could go to the Altusa website. They could contact you, Valerie at, at, um, um, the Altusa and, um, in the pages right here for anybody to find, I, I tell you what, honestly, thank you so much for you and your staff and your friends for actually putting this up. And, and, uh, uh, as, as a friend would say, it's the Lord's work. We try very hard. I take it to game day. It's been a delight. Valerie, thank you so much. For Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. She's Valerie Derryberry. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.